We are mad. Every time we create an episode of News on the Fly, we try really hard to have a balance between good news and bad news. But that's been a little bit difficult this week, with a succession of bad news, a mixture of unbelievable government incompetence, and just plain ignorance sending us all into despair. So buckle up, it's going to be a bumpy ride. From Travel Daily, I'm Bruce Piper. And I'm Anna Piper. And this is News on the Fly. With the cruise industry on the cusp of its highly anticipated Kimberley season, last Friday the Northern Territory Government dealt a hammer blow to hopes of recovery with an ill-considered ruling about ships sailing in Northern Territory waters. The Territory's Chief Health Officer arbitrarily decided to limit any operations to ships with less than 100 people on board, along with other restrictions which will significantly impact the ability of anyone to operate itineraries as previously advertised. So, Bruce, where does this leave the industry? Yes, well, as you said, the hits just keep on coming. The cruise sector has been engaging with the government for more than a year now, can you believe it? And I think, really, it's about time our officials saw some sense. You know, look, a lot of these discussions have been going on behind the scenes. Um, The industry's definitely been careful not to air, um, you know, in public, dirty washing or whatever. But there are widespread expectations that expedition crews could pave the way for a wider cruise resumption. Of course, there are heaps of ships planning Northern Australia itineraries, and we just need certainty. And that, in fact, is what Coral Expeditions in particular believe that they had, having already operated successfully in WA, South Australia and Queensland. And they'd had this, you know, quite extensive Kimberley program, heavily publicised, involving three ships. You know, it wasn't a secret. And uh, in a statement following this, they said they had been assured by the NT government that their plans were in compliance with all the regulations. But then there's this absolute blind side. And some reports say the NT health guy said he was just confused. He didn't realise that 100 guests didn't mean 100 guests and crew. You know, the industry had been gearing up to have, you know, 98 passengers on board or whatever, plus crew. But this new decision has just put paid to that. So is that the end of the matter? Does that mean that the entire Kimberley season is destroyed? Look, I'd like to think not, and there is definitely heaps of scrambling going on now to get some clarity. As I mentioned, the most vocal on this has been coral expeditions because they're Australian flagged. They have been operating, and they just thought it was a lay-down misere, that they would be able to proceed as planned. Look, they, And they've had all these departures that have been quite safe, COVID-wise. But it should also be noted there that there are heaps of others in the wings. Uh, Silver Sea, Scenic, APT, Aurora, of course, and of course the long-suffering Ponnet, which has already had its New Zealand destroyed by that idiotic bureaucratic bungling over the Tasman. Anyway, Coral put out a statement to the trade saying that they were continuing to talk to the NT government about the issue, and to me I did feel that there was a bit of a glimmer of hope that a sensible outcome could be achieved. You know, I know that other people are also talking, and I'm expecting uh, some news from APT, As many have pointed out, limiting cruise ships to 100, including crew, is just nonsensical. Um, You've got planes coming in and out of Darwin with many more people on board, not to mention Journey Beyond the GAN, which is upward of 350. It's just nonsensical, and it's an example of how these bureaucrats have just got no idea how, with a stroke of a pen, they're destroying people's lives and livelihoods. And is there any estimate about what this decision is going to cost? Yeah, like anything to do with cruising, there is a long supply chain and so there are widespread impacts. You know, it's much more than just stopping people from going on a cruise. 
these Kimberley seasons have been heavily promoted. They're heavily booked. You know, finally, there was something that people could book. Travel agents and their clients are anticipating things kicking off. So there's flights, accommodation, all sorts of add-ons, millions and millions and millions of dollars in bookings, let alone the ground operators, shore excursions, providors, the farmers who are supplying the food, um, you know, beverage supplies, support services. The list is just endless. And, you know, it's more than just that because it's yet another hit to consumer confidence. All those people who are now going to be disrupted, they're clearly going to think twice before they make another booking. And it's just so unnecessary, in my opinion. You know, how is this decision actually going to help people keep safer from COVID-19? I don't think that's clear at all. Following the Northern Territory announcement and continuing the theme of government stupidity came the reaction to an outbreak of COVID-19 in Brisbane on Monday, which saw Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk announce a snap three-day lockdown of the entire metropolitan area. And while the community is clearly aware of the need to react swiftly to COVID-19, anger erupted, particularly within the heavily affected travel sector, when it emerged that the outbreak occurred due to a doctor and a nurse who worked in a COVID-19 ward not having been vaccinated, despite the Queensland government having a stockpile of COVID-19 immunisations. Have you had much industry feedback on this, Bruce? Oh yeah, heaps of feedback, and the charge has been led by a pretty outraged opinion piece from Dan Russell from Clean Cruising in Brisbane, just clearly expressing the massive frustration of a Queenslander at the Queensland government and its health system, which just seems to be just completely bound up in red tape. You know, apparently it's not even compulsory for frontline medical staff to have a COVID-19 vaccine in Queensland. And of course, predictably, as the cases multiplied, Anastasia slammed on this lockdown right in the lead up to Easter and... Again, predictably, Mark McGowan in WA slammed the WA border shut against Queenslanders. Of course, then, as has been widely reported, you know, it's even more complicated because there was some hens party in in Byron Bay and one of the people who was infected went there and there's fears that it could become a super spreader. And so then in turn, the Northern Territory has declared Byron Bay as a hotspot. Look, everyone understands the importance of keeping things at bay, but I just think we'd all hoped that with vaccines starting to roll out, there might have been no more necessity for these rapid border closures. A vain hope indeed. And it's making people mad as hell. So if we're not going to take it anymore, what are people suggesting? Yeah, look, there's such a lot of rage and frustration out there, but at the same time, a feeling of helplessness. Um, we had one good suggestion from Adrian Whitman from Trendsetter Travel who, who said, why don't we uh, you know, use all the out-of-work travel agents and underemployed um, people in the tourism industry to actually do the vaccinations? A number of our subscribers have also suggested that the vaccine rollout just needs to be accelerated. And you know, let's look to the situation in the UK and US where mass inoculation is being undertaken you know, at these big centres to just get the vaccine out there. Um, there was some unfortunate commentary by uh, former CMO Brendan Murphy in Senate Estimates last week, who sort of implied, you know, things aren't urgent, we should take our time, you know, with low case numbers, but it, the things are urgent for the travel and tourism industry. And I just think we all want to see a bit of stronger leadership um, to take control of the rollout, you know, maybe from the federal government. At this rate, to me, 31st of October for a full vaccination program and the consequent relaunch of Qantas International Flights seems very optimistic. And as um, QF Commercial Chief Stephanie Tully said a couple of weeks ago, the airline's plans to resume operations on the 31st of October are contingent on there being no quarantine. And in my opinion, there's just no way the government's going to be able to relax quarantine arrangements by then. So where's that going to leave us? 
A couple of readers have also suggested turning the negative of the Queensland lockdown into a positive by using it to highlight the absolute incompetence of the state government and in turn triggering a bit of stronger action from the feds. Do you have something to say? News on the Fly has started a hotline where you can share your point of view and it may be featured on the podcast. Send us a short voice memo via WhatsApp at plus 612 800 767 to have your say and keep listening to News on the Fly to see if your voice is featured. Check the show notes for a link to the hotline and we hope to hear from you soon. JobKeeper has now ended, and as we're recording this podcast, the first public casualties are making headlines, with Virgin Australia laying off hundreds of ground staff. Of course, that is just the tip of the iceberg, with staff from travel agencies, wholesalers, tour operators and hospitality companies all heading for the unemployment queue. At the same time, our industry leaders continue to push for an extension to the scheme. Are there pleas falling on deaf ears? Yep, that's definitely my impression. Deaf ears. Um, Treasurer Josh Frydenberg's made no secret of the government's intention not to extend JobKeeper, so I guess we've got no excuse for not seeing this coming. But I think that in our heart of hearts, we did all treasure a seed of hope that there might be some recognition of what the industry is going through and in turn extend JobKeeper in some form. Clearly, the government does recognise this, or some parts of the government at least, you know, what we're going through. But the bigger picture is that the ongoing distortions to the economy that have been caused by JobKeeper, and the government's definitely wanting to fix them up. So what do you mean by distortions? Yeah, well, no doubt travel agents have been worthy recipients of JobKeeper, but I think that we all know now other parts of the economy where people have been quite content to subsist on the JobKeeper payments, or at least have their income subsidised by the program, And that's meant that in some areas, it's really hard to get people to do things. Um, For example, I know that um, Voyagers, Ayers Rock, they've got current vacancies for 60, yes, 60 chefs. There's, of course, a boom in holiday home rental, particularly close to the capital cities. But at the moment, it's extremely difficult to get people to clean those holiday homes. There's countless other examples. And I think we can even point to people in the travel industry who might have been on the cusp of retiring or exiting the industry and who've held on while ever JobKeeper is there. Anyway, clearly the government rightly needs to bring all that to an end, but unfortunately it means that industries like travel and tourism are also looking like becoming collateral damage. But wait, doesn't the government keep saying they are supporting the industry? Yeah, look, they do say so, and and just as we're uh, publishing this podcast, there are thousands of half-price fares up for grabs, uh, government subsidised, both directly with airlines and through travel agents, I should point out. Um, they're going to be in GDS, etc., over an Easter weekend when no one in the travel industry is working, so, you know, the timing isn't great. It's definitely going to stimulate things, but again, in the opinion of many in the industry, it's not necessarily going to help those who are most at need. Of course, at the same time, there's been multiple announcements about the second round of the Consumer Travel Support Program of grants for travel agents, which now totals around $260 million. So where is that all sitting now? Are people able to apply for that second round of funding yet? Well, you know, my answer to that is going to be a big fat no. In the government's view, it is doing stuff to support the travel industry, but that's far from reality at the moment. It is my understanding that AFTA, Cato, ATEC, etc. are gradually coming to a common approach in terms of how the money will be allocated, but 
No announcement yet. It's taking a really long time. And I've also been told that Services Australia is unable to run two grants programs under the same scheme simultaneously. So they want to wrap up the hundreds of appeals from the first round of the program where there's still about $40 million unspent. So unfortunately, I would really have to say don't hold your breath. There is tons of activity happening. It is quite frantic. I was expecting an announcement before Easter. And look, maybe there'll be something out there by the time people are listening to this podcast or hopefully, definitely, by this time next week. Perhaps there will be. We can only hope. And speaking of hope, those who have a glass-half-full attitude may be rewarded early next week with the highly anticipated actual announcement about what the New Zealand government wants to do in terms of a travel bubble. Ah, yes. Jacinda Ardern has promised to take us off our tenterhooks next Tuesday. So let's all be positive and hope that by then the Queensland lockdown's over, since is prevailing in terms of an accelerated vaccine rollout, and we can finally open up trans-Tasman travel. May it be so. Well, that's all we have time for this week. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to support News on the Fly, you can do that by subscribing or following the podcast wherever you listen. To stay up to date throughout the week, be sure to read Travel Daily and Cruise Weekly. And we won't be back next week. We're missing a week. Uh, But the week after that, we will be back wrapping everything up in the travel industry with another episode of News on the Fly.